Chapter Twenty One of Grace Harlowe's First Year at Overton College by Jessie Graham Flower. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty One: An Unheeded Warning. The next day found Grace rather at a loss how to proceed in the case of Elfreda. From what she had overheard, it was evident that Alberta Wicks and Mary Hampton had decided to make Alfreda the victim of some well-laid plot of their own. What the nature of it was, Grace had not the remotest idea. To approach Alfreda was embarrassing to say the least. To warn her against the two mischievous sophomores without being able to state anything more definite than what she had overheard at Wellington House was infinitely more embarrassing. What time had her best try to see her, Grace asked herself. She had come from Overton Hall with Anne and Miriam late that afternoon, and the three girls had lingered on the steps of Wayne Hall, reluctant to go indoors. Spring was getting ready to fulfil all sorts of tender promises she had made to her children. The buds on the trees were bursting into tiny new green leaves, the crocuses were in bloom in the yards along College Street, and the grass on the campus was growing greener every hour. The roads, too, were obligingly drying, so that adventurous walkers might visit their favourite haunts in the country surrounding Overton without running the risk of wading in the mud. There was Guest House, the famous colonial tea-shop, that had been built and used as an inn during the revolution. In this quaint historic place ample refreshment was to be found. There one could satisfy one's appetite with dainty little sandwiches, muffins and jam, tea cakes and tea, fresh milk or buttermilk. There was also Hunter's Rock that overhung the river, and whose smooth flat surface made an ideal spot for picnickers. It was five miles from Overton, but extremely popular with all four classes, and from early spring until late fall, it was occupied on Saturday by various gay gypsy parties from the college. Then there were canoes for the venturesome, and staid old rowboats for the cautious, to be hired at a nominal sum, while girlish figures dotted the golf course and the tennis courts. Girls strolled about the campus in the early evenings, or gathered in groups on the steps of the campus houses. It was the time of the year when spring creeps into one's blood, making one forget everything except the blueness of the sky, the softness of the air and the lure of green things growing. I must go into the house, sighed Miriam Nesbitt. I have that appalling trigonometry lesson for tomorrow to prepare from beginning to end. I haven't looked at it yet. I peeped at it yesterday, said Anne. It's the worst one we've had so far. The end is not yet, reminded Grace. Well, it will be in sight before long. "'Our freshman year is almost over. "'Didn't you know it, children?' queried Miriam laughingly. "'It has seemed long in some respects and short in others,' reflected Grace. "'I think—' Grace paused. "'A tall, rather stout girl came hurriedly up the walk. "'She stalked up the steps and into the house without looking to the left or right. "'Even in that fleeting moment Grace noted that she seemed rather excited "'and that she carried in her hand an open letter.' "'I wonder if now would be a good time to tackle her,' speculated Grace. Then deciding that, after all, there was nothing to be gained without making a venture, Grace walked resolutely to the door. "'I'll see you later, girls,' was her only remark as she passed inside. Once outside Alfreda's door, Grace did not feel quite so confident. Summoning all her courage, however, she knocked. An impatient voice called, "'Come in,' and Grace accepted the rather ungracious invitation to enter.' J. Alfreda sat facing the window intent upon the letter Grace had seen in her hand. She turned sharply as the door closed, then catching sight of Grace, sprang to her feet, her face clouded with anger. 
"'How dare you come in here?' she stormed. "'You said, come in, Alfreda,' returned Grace quietly. "'Yes, but not to you,' raged Alfreda. "'Never to you. Leave my room instantly and don't come back again.' "'I won't trouble you long,' returned Grace. "'I came to put you on your guard against two young women who are about to make mischief for you. "'I am sorry I did not tell you long ago that Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton were the originators of the anonymous letter which caused you so much unhappiness.' I suspected as much at the time, and accused them of writing it. They neither affirmed nor denied their part in the affair, although they admitted that certain members of the sophomore class wrote the letter. I threatened to take up the matter with the sophomore class if the two young women persisted in making you unhappy, and this threat evidently influenced them to drop their crusade against you. To a certain extent I feel responsible for what has followed, for if I had told you this before you would hardly have afterward become friendly with them. However, I can do this much. From a conversation I overheard the other day, I am convinced that Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton intend to play a practical joke on you on Friday night. I am afraid that it will not be of the tame variety either, and may cause you trouble. Those two girls do not like you, Alfreda, and they have not forgiven you, nor never will. You are awfully anxious to make me think that no one but you and your friends ever liked me, aren't you, sneered Alfreda. Well, just let me tell you something. Those girls may have their faults, but they aren't stingy and selfish at all events. This letter here is an invitation to... Well, I shan't tell you what it is, but it's far from being a practical joke, I can assure you. Grace looked doubtfully at Alfreda, who stood very erect, her head held high with offended dignity. Perhaps, after all, she had been too hasty. Perhaps the two sophomores really intended playing some harmless trick. Then the words, We are not going to bother with J. Alfreda much longer, returned with a force that left Grace no longer in uncertainty. Alfreda, she said earnestly, I wish you would listen to me for once. Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton are not your friends. If you accept their invitation for Friday night, you will be sorry. Take my advice and steer clear of them. Please mind your own business and get out of my room, commanded Alfreda fiercely. Casting one steady, reproachful look at the angry girl, Grace left the room in silence. Once outside her own door, she clenched her hands and fought back her rising emotion. Tears of humiliation stood in her grey eyes, then winking them back bravely, she drew a long breath and opened her door. Anne, who in the meantime had come upstairs, turned expectantly. What luck, she questioned. None, returned Grace shortly. She ordered me out of her room. At this juncture, Miriam Nesbitt joined them. What's the latest on the bulletin board, she inquired, smiling mischievously. Don't laugh, Miriam, rebuked Grace. Things are serious. Alfreda has some sort of engagement for Friday night with those two girls. She almost told me what it was, then changed her mind and invited me to mind my own business and leave her room. I'm going to try to find out something about Friday night and see if she gets fair play. After that I shall never trouble myself about her, concluded Grace, her voice trembling slightly. Don't feel so hurt at Alfreda's rudeness, Grace, soothed Miriam. She doesn't mean half she says. She'll be sorry some day. I wish some day was before Friday, replied Grace mournfully. I wonder who else is to take part in this affair. Watch Miss Wicks and Miss Hampton, advised Anne quietly. I appoint you and Miriam as secret service agents. You must unearth the enemy's plans for Friday night. What will you do if we should happen to stumble upon them? asked Miriam curiously. I don't know yet, said Grace slowly. It would depend entirely on what they are. Since we can't prevent Alfreda from going to her fate, we may be obliged to go along with her. If I were to ask you girls to drop everything and follow me on Friday night, would you do it? Anne and Miriam nodded. Then that settled was her relieved comment. I am going to take two other girls into our confidence. 
I should tell Mabel Ashe and Francis Martin. They will come to the rescue if I need them. Besides, they are juniors, and if I'm not mistaken, upper-class supports may be very desirable before we are through with this affair. And all this anxiety over J. Elfreda smiled Miriam, but to tell you the truth, girls, I should be only too glad to fare forth in the cause of Elfreda. I thought her a terrible cross when she first came, but now I am positively lonesome without her, and I don't care how soon she comes back. End of chapter 21